All right, let's let's start because it's been a while now at this point sure. in time. What uh, I talked to you before Omega League, and then I went to Omega League, and I had a ton of fun there, and we got to cast you guys, and Omega League was pretty rough for you guys at Liquid, but you did clinch it. You Didn't managed we get like to make six it, or something. Yes, you made it out of groups. You barely made it out of groups, and then you guys made a, a decent like lower bracket run until you yeah, ran beat, like, into VP, Alliance. Right? I think it yeah. was. Yeah, you guys beat VP, and then you ran into Alliance. So you managed to get top six, but that event was started. It I thought we lost really to. I thought we lost to. Oh, uh, maybe it was like Enigma or something. Yeah, I think we lost to Enigma. Pretty sure. Yeah, you you guys lost to I, whatever it was. It was a tough opponent. That's all I yeah. remember. And we I was lost like, to okay. Alliance during Dota Pit. Yeah, that's what it is. So yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys got top six at that event. It started super rough, and I was very concerned for you guys. I was like, oh no, this oh, is yeah. ESL one LA all Wait, over. Wait, we again. did. We lost to NIP, and then we lost to like Viking, and then somebody else. We lost to a third team that I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I can, yeah, you guys, um, okay, you, it's actually started really well. You guys went 1-2 uh, against Secret, and you told me yeah, you guys should have right, actually right. won that series, right? Yeah, yeah. And then right. and then it got really, you guys got beat by Viking GG, uh, and then you got beat by NIP, two teams that, like, I, I think yeah. Viking GG is is no doubt, they're, they're good. I just would put you guys... A step above and especially against nip because i did not expect them to be super good at that event yeah we um how do i put this without flaming my team so like <laughs> we kind of went into things let's say what's the nicest way to put it we were just a little bit cocky i think after the whole like because going even one two and having like an evenish series against secret i think is like something to be somewhat proud of i mean as a competitor yeah that's gotta be ego boost yeah you're like okay well we can at least hang and that's the main thing right you want to know as a team that you can at least like hang and you're a decent team and stuff like that and going like toe-to-toe with secret and i think we've we're like one of the the only if the only team to only beat them in like more than one series during like these covid times Mm -hmm. so i think like you probably feel pretty good about that but um yeah and then I Probably think you guys got a little bit slapped <laughs> two in a yeah. row. Mike and GG and IP. And then all of a sudden you've won you've lost three series in a row. Yeah. And then we played against Fly to Moon and we we're like, holy shit, guys, if we lose anymore, we're out. So then yep. I think we play OG or Fly to Moon, right? And you then... played uh Fly to Moon and then you played OG. So like yeah. the, the raid boss. You guys was had it raid like boss two at the one start against in the end. Fly to Moon? No, it was two oh against Fly to Moon. And, and then we two OG. OG. Yeah, I know we yeah. stomped OG. That was like OG. Uh, and then I was like feeling pretty good. And then we had a series against VP where we got stomped game one. Oh my God, did we get stomped? And then game two, I told, okay, Aiden's going to listen to this and he's going to laugh and make fun of me. But I told them we were running out of time. And I said, pick Lycan for our last pick. Oh, we okay. were very, we were very like, let me just dota buff this real quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. You guys had yeah. last pick, like, and so you had, yes. you so opened up with had, Tiny like, IO and then Void Spirit and Enigma. Yeah, so we're getting down to, like, the wire. We don't know what to pick. And uh, it was Jabs' first, like, time working with us. He probably won't want me to say this story, but it was kind of funny. 
and we were getting down to the wire. I mean, we had like seconds left or something, and we were debating between so many heroes. I think we were thinking about DK at first because it's a pretty good quad matchup, but I thought DK was going to get popped by um, Shadow Demon Phoenix. Shadow Demon Phoenix. That's all percentage-based yeah. damage. I was, like, I was like, he's actually just going to get popped so fast. Um, mm -hmm. But I realized their two supports are really dog against, um, against uh, whatchamacallit, uh, against uh, fuck, who am I trying? Lycan, like Lycan just Shadow runs Demon, them down, Earth right? Spirit. Yeah, Shadow Demon, Earth Spirit don't have like real stuns for Lycan. So I was like, it's a pretty free Lycan game. So I shout Lycan with like three seconds left to go, and Aiden's not sure who said it, so he just picks it. You know, and I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. This one's on oh, me. No, I guess. it's all on you. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> after Jab Jabs was like, oh, dude, I don't think you should do that. And I was like, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> I'm literally their coach. And he was like, he was uh -huh. really stressed. And then we ended up stomping that game and we turned it around pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys, literally the game's over. 2141 is the game time. Yeah. And then after that, we kind of figured out a concept, um, okay. which I will not share, but well, we had an idea against them and then it, it, it kind of just snowballed from there. Sure. You guys, out. you guys ended up drafting. Very similar heroes. You still had Void Spirit Enigma again, and then you yeah. drafted Lone Druid as yeah. what I, I imagine. I don't want to delve deep, too deep in this concept, but it's like our yeah sort of hero. Yeah, so then we kind of had this idea, and it worked out great. And it made them force ban the Lycan too in the twenty one. So, and it made mm. them like worry about it. So we were like, okay, we're really happy. So yeah, that was Jabs's first taste of me randomly yelling at heroes. <laughs> is that um, is that something that you do commonly? With liquid, like how how uh, much impact do you have, especially on these like down to the wire sort of situations? So I think Aiden is honestly a phenomenal captain. I think he's like gonna grow to be like the best in the world easily. Not quite there yet because there's still like some things that he has to learn and like he has to grow about himself. But like I think he's phenomenal as is. But sometimes like our team is like really bad at just throwing ideas at him without mm. like hard committing. It's like this could be uh, good. This could be good. This could be good. And then okay, he, <laughs> that's yeah, what I wanted like, to talk to you about because it's a lot of responsibility to be yeah. to do the snap pick to all yeah. in say this is the hero we have to pick right now. Yeah, and to Aiden's credit, he's always told me if I want to do something, he's going to ride or die with me. Mm. Um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I like that he always tells me to go for it anyways. It's very empowering. So I'm like fucking pick lichen he insta does it you know he doesn't even think he's like snap picks it if i tell him it's a good like storm game lichen game brood game he'll just like do it without thinking i know max's hero pull pretty well so mm. usually like we have a pretty good idea so like if max sometimes isn't 100 percent sure i can like kind of give my opinion and they'll both trust it which i appreciate a lot um obviously he has a better understanding of like Mickey's hero pool and his own and he has a really like Boxy and Tommy are very good at understanding what heroes they want to play too in the meta. Mm -hmm. So it's usually just Max that I collaborate with for his pick. If that makes sense. Not that like Max doesn't have a good idea, but sometimes like we need something to like draw everything together. And it, it usually works out. I'll only say something if I feel really confident about it. Yeah. No, that's something um, that I, I imagine if I was a player, I would have a hard time. Like, I have a hard time, like, if I'm asked a 1-2 pickup, I could just literally list my good heroes, you know? Yeah. 
But if if my choice comes down the line of four or five, I know it has to be a really good pick for the situation. Like I'm not that confident. Like I yeah. I will always take other people's suggestions on what I should play. Yeah. Um. And so that's how that happened. But then we ended up winning that series, and it became okay. And we kept our like top six streak. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think we just went into it a little bit too sloppy. The problem with our team historically, if you look at our results, is we always need to lose before we begin to win again. Like now we're two and zero in ESL, like you know, fly through pretty quickly um, against like pretty good teams. You know, Mud Golems just beat Nigma two zero. We crushed them two zero pretty hard. We two one Navi, um, which I think is a pretty good team. And yeah, it just like. Uh, we just need that like snap wake up call every single every single time. <sighs> so what you're like, saying is I'm gonna all in on you guys. If at TI you lose like your first three series, yeah, but yeah, win yeah. the rest, barely make upper bracket, so you have yeah. another series you can lose. Like that's the time to go all in on. Absolutely, play. we're like we're good when it like I don't know. It's just like people say we're inconsistent, but I would argue differently. I think we're like you can expect us when we'll be good, like pretty clearly, actually. Mm. Um, we don't have like really long down periods, if that makes sense. If anything, like I think during COVID times, our results have been pretty solid. I don't think we've ever finished below top six in any of these like ultra stack tournaments. Okay, so you said Insania will ride and die with you. Yeah. Uh, Good or bad, and you said sometimes yeah. it doesn't work out. What was the time it didn't work out? I had some really grief storm pick recently. I can't remember what. Maybe it was oh, the VP no. series. In fact, it was your the first own game. hero. Your yeah, own hero one. betrayed you. Uh, yeah, it was game one. It was like we. Here's what I saw. I saw TB, SD, Sand King, Nature's Prophet. I'm like, they've no stuns. They have no catch. Pretty good storm game. Why not? And then they last pick Beastmaster. And fuck. Oh my god, that hero just <laughs> it, it crushed us. It was perfect. Because one thing Storm can't deal with is like if you ball up his five, he has no plays, and he wants to be able to like help his like his lanes and like counter gank and stuff. But Beastmaster removes so much of that vision that it's so hard to do. And so yeah, it kind of crushed us. I mean, I it think it says Max, a lot that you had a, a really shitty call on a hero pick and then you had a god winning call. Like, you were still yeah. able to, you felt confident enough that your team wouldn't like hate you no. making a call like that again. Yeah. I mean, I love Aiden because he, I think he's very unique as a captain in that I think he's okay with a lot of mistakes as long as he feels like I learned something for it. Because imagine we get to some TI or something and I make some like clutch call and then it wins us the game, right? That's what happened at the major when we played against, um, uh aster i think it was and then i called a lichen pick for us <laughs> funny uh and it ended up winning the first game and then we won the series and he's like that's nice to be in those moments elimination games to be able to trust you to be like this is a game for this hero you know and so like why not just do it during you know these random tournaments I know like fans care a lot about these random tournaments um and I know fans are very much about like you're only as good as your last tournament right or like yeah, as yeah. much as your last win, but like it's a learning process for us. Um, I've never had this much control on a team. These guys are like still getting better and like evolving and stuff, and so it's kind of like we're working together. We've signed long-term contracts with Liquid, so it's not like I'm afraid of getting fired. I don't think they're afraid of like. I think we're just like confident that like 
we're willing to experiment with some stuff. If it doesn't work out, like so be it. You know, if I ended up losing a CSL, my team, I think, is it's really cool. But my team is like super mature enough not to like blame me and be like, "Oh, Will's dog shit!" Like, what a terrible call. And so I'm going to assume like the inference there is is you guys I assume didn't care that much about Dota Pit. Uh, I think we care a lot to a certain extent about every tournament because we want to uphold the brand. You sure. know, we don't want to be like, we got six out of like eighth, which isn't good. I mean, if you look at our results, we've only gotten top six, though, you know, <laughs> <laughs> ignore if when it's eight, you know, eight team tournaments and shit. But yeah, it's like, I mean, I feel a certain amount of pride towards Liquid and I want to like uphold a tradition of winning and stuff. And so like, yeah, I felt kind of bad about doing so poorly in that tournament. But I mean, Germany's starting off well, right? You yeah, guys yeah, are yeah. ESL in Germany. You guys are two well right now. You beat uh, Mud Golems, who actually had a surprising victory against Nigma. Just dude, those like guys are actually day. like sneaky, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they're actually pretty lit. Um, and then you guys beat uh, Navi, who yeah. uh, I don't know is is Navi not so good right now? I can't tell. Um, I've been watching that much. I mean, we scrim them all the time. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Okay. We got bopped, I think, in like every scrim against Mud Golems, though. So those guys are actually <laughs> really? legit. Yeah, those guys are those guys are actually really, really decent. I don't know, man. Fada and thirty three, they just put together these stacks, and they're just annoying to play against. Yeah, they two owed Nigma too. So, yeah, yeah, they worked them. It's pretty good. So good. how's uh, how 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 does things work with you guys right now? Are you guys all in the liquid facility? Have you guys all just been living there or what? Yeah. So um, obviously, if you haven't seen the tour video, guys, you can go on our Twitter, Team Liquid, twitter.com forward slash Team Liquid. I think like the very first pin tweet is like a facility tour. We have like no staff here, really, aside from our CEO that comes in. And then we have uh, a chef that comes in, doesn't have any contact, just like cooks us food, eats out. And he only works for us. So pretty much like, you know, he doesn't have to have any wow. contact. Food is brought uh -huh. in. They like deliver food to us. And then, you know, it's all like very easy, contactless, very safe. Um, there's like a very big degree of separation. Um, and then, yeah, we just we're living in our own insulated bubble. Uh, we have apartments right upstairs from the facility. So we pretty much just never leave. So like as far as COVID goes, like our team's been incredibly safe about it. Wow. That's, and then we have a. That sounds amazing. Yeah, we have a gym. They converted one of the apartments into a gym. And I like consulted with uh, the management team about what equipment to buy and stuff. So we just like, I mean, we just finished squatting up there, you know, and we're, we are the facility below. So it doesn't matter if we like claim weights and shit, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So we just go up there like bench squat. Um, the Valorant team and Jabs and I and like Max and stuff, we pretty much work out like every day. So it's like been really fun. We just work out and play Dota or, you know, for Valorant, I guess the Valorant. So you guys picked up Jabs recently. You said he worked with you guys for Omega League. Was that like sort of a trial thing? Um, yeah, so we worked with him for Omega League and Dota Pit. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just like... I was playing a bunch of... Uh, do, do, do you know how... Do you actually know how we started like talking and shit? You guys played like CSGO or some shit together. Yeah, right? it was like... I had a four stack with random people. And I was like, fuck, I can't find a fifth for the life of me. And so I looked at everyone who owned the game and I just messaged <laughs> everyone, literally messaged everyone um, just like by chance. And then Jabs is like, sure, I'll play. And he was like kind of around our skill level. 
so it's kind of perfect. And then when I and then I started enjoying playing CS because it was fun. And then because uh, we had like a month off, you know, after there was nothing after um, Epic League or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then we're just vibing, and he was like, "Oh, uh, I mean, he just asked some questions about Dota stuff." And then I I liked hanging out with him, and that was pretty much. I was like, "You want to work for Team Liquid?" I didn't really consult anybody, and he was like, "Yeah, sure." And then that's pretty much how that went. He was just a chill dude. I just liked him. And I want to work with people that I like. And I assume he uh, still is, is pretty good at Dota. Yeah, I mean, he's like top 200 in Europe. Like He's nice. better than I am at Dota. Like He's a lot better than I am at Dota. When he gets like the other stuff down, he, I really hope like one day he's going to replace me. Mm. And that'll be like really good. Good. So that's a. <laughs> so is he living with you guys at the liquid facility as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's here. Yeah. So so he he literally just uh, shows up in Omega League and kind of helps you guys out. And I mean, I guess being an an analyst is like if you're a high level player, then it's just sort of, um, like you never really know how good they're going to be, right? Until you put yeah, them yeah. in that position. I mean, we're still teaching him some stuff, and he's like definitely got room to grow. Um, but he's been great. I think the team has been really happy with his work. Uh, again, I can't stress this enough. Even though we had like our worst results ever with him, our team is not the kind that is like a results-based team. We're not just like you're here, we won, therefore you are good at what you do. Mm. You know, we try to look at like the longer-term picture and say like we try to divorce ourselves and say like. I think like some of his best work actually came in series that we ended up losing in. And so, you know, are we emotionally detached enough from the series to be able to be like, yeah, like his work was still very good. Mm-hmm. You know, he was still a smart guy. He still brought a lot to the table. So what so, would you say is like primary responsibility is? is sort of like since you're the coach and he's the analyst, like, is it breaking down the enemy team first or is it trying to help? like uh find ways for your players to improve or um right now it's breaking down enemies and it's pretty much his biggest role is just like whatever aiden tells him to do or explore he'll do so aiden will say hey i think you should look at more of our team fights i think like our team fights could like can you tag the team fights and like kind of run us through them in a presentation Mm -hmm. and he'll say okay and he'll it'll just be like i hired him essentially to be aiden's like right hand man in a way like to be his data bitch essentially yeah so I I don't know how much longer because I I'm not working ESL one so I haven't really been paying that good of attention. How much longer does this go? Uh, it's like a Swiss format, so you know three wins or three losses. Oh, okay. So okay. if we beat Secret tomorrow, <laughs> then <laughs> we'll be through. All right. Well, good good luck with that. Uh, uh, I imagine some log night for Jabs when it comes down to uh, how do you beat Team Secret. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, he's going to get fired if his ass doesn't figure out the secret. <laughs> what is the magic formula for that team, man? Jabs right now. <laughs> what uh, What's coming up after that? Just in no general. I I genuinely have no idea. Are you guys not doing uh, Summit? Uh, I have no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> when I say that, it's not like I'm trying to hide anything. I would yeah, just yeah, tell yeah. you. I don't think enough. I think this podcast is more for us to catch up than it is like if things get leaked, I don't really care that much. But yeah, I don't. I, I have no idea. Yeah, it's uh, with Corona times, it's kind of boring. 
because uh, I would ask you what else you've been up to, but I know that's probably nothing. I mean, we signed Asa. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah. What what was with that? So what did you guys sign him as? I didn't look into it. Um, let me give you some backstory first. Mm-hmm. So I was in London and I was like, oh, shit, let me just let me just back it up. So I 100 percent. OK, so I'm in I'm going to London in a week or something. And Victor, our CEO, messages me. He's like, hey, what are you up to? And I was like, oh, I'm just like busy planning my trip. And he's like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to go to London for like three days, like hang out with some people. He's like, oh, that sounds fun. Like, are you, is it like for anything in particular? I was like, no. I was like, oh, I'm going to see some people. I'm going to go see. Um, uh, I ended up seeing uh, James Bartle, who's lovely, by the way. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up, I was like, oh, I'm going to go see uh, my friend Asa. And he's like, oh, who's your friend Asa? I was like, oh, he's uh, this guy. He's like in some random show or something. And then, and then Victor was like, oh, that show. Like, I love that show. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm pretty sure you don't even watch TV. Because one time he told me he doesn't listen to music. I was like, what kind of psychopath <laughs> doesn't listen to music? Like, what the hell? Yeah. So then, uh, so then he's like, oh, I love that show. And he told me that he had followed Asa way back when the show dropped. And tried to get like a follow back to maybe start right. a conversation. So, to be clear, the show are you talking about sex education? Yeah, sex education. Okay. So then Victor was like, I tried following him, hoping I'd get like a follow back. You know, the one of those plays, the, the verified check mark play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he didn't get one, whatever. And then he was like, What a fucking coincidence. And then he was like, Would he be interested in maybe doing some stuff with liquid? And I was like, Yeah, sure, I can ask. So go over to Ace's place, have like a meeting, kind of informal, just like a, you know, hey, would you be interested in being a part of Team Liquid? And he's like, oh, I love Liquid. You know, they're the first team I supported. And obviously Corona's happening and he's shooting right now. And so there's not a whole lot we can do together, but he was really excited to announce it. So we're like, sure, why not? And I think we were conservatively expecting like three to five, maybe like, 8k max favorites and then his tweet got like 20,000 likes and a bunch of industry people were really oh, excited did it really it used to. yeah yeah wow um so yeah it's like we haven't a hundred percent fleshed out exactly what we'll do yet i think we'll feature him in some content i think we'll take him out to a lot of events like smash events and like dota events and maybe even some csgo or valorant stuff depending on like what his schedule permits and what he likes and he's just going to show up and be our fan nice that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's just like, you know, he's an actual celebrity. He'll show up and like just support esports. So with a liquid I, shirt I, on. I met Asa through you. And yeah. um I have you seen anything he's been in? No. I I okay, so I have not seen anything that he'd been in, but obviously I was aware, like, okay, he's like in the Ender's game or whatever. Yeah. And uh and so like I I kinda met him through you and I kinda got to know him a little bit and he was just a really nice guy. And nice. I have to say, it's it's very weird. I did watch like the first season of Sex Education, and it was very weird watching, like, seeing him as an actor after getting to know him. Yeah, because it was just like, oh, that, yeah, he's. I guess he's really famous, huh? <laughs> yeah. So I tried because um... he he does not give off that vibe at all no, of that. He's lucky. like mega famous, and you know, like. He, there's no diva nonsense or anything like that. No, he's a very sweet guy. Um, and how was it? It was like, 
I mean, I remember he came by the Red Bull Red Bull thing when we were working, and he just went and hung out with the casters when we couldn't hang out. But yeah. he's like super chill guy. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I tried watching some stuff, and it's not that I think any of his work is bad, but it's so unsettling that I just can't do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, like, yeah, it's, it, I mean it is weird, like seeing it. It takes me out of the show. Yeah. I tried watching uh, on an airplane Miss Peregrine's home for like peculiar kids or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I just can't. It's like Asa with an American accent. <laughs> it's so weird. It's tripping me the fuck out. And I just like for the first 20 minutes and I was like, I can't do this. It's like ruining a part of my brain. So no, I've not seen any of his stuff. You, Although, you should try a sex education because that show yeah, is I heard good, it's very and, good. Uh, and I will say I got over it eventually. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I heard there's one scene where he like yanks it or something. <laughs> oh like, God! Oh no! I didn't think about that. But yeah, yes, that was a little bit weird seeing him yeah. in all these sexual like situations yeah, and being I like, "Oh, I I know that guy. He's he's nice." Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's no. gonna throw me off. But sometimes, some I want to be able to support my friend in his work. Uh-huh. And I feel like it's kind of dumb for me not to. So I'm going to just do it. You think he ever thinks about that? If uh, he's ever I mean, like, I told him. All these people have probably seen my O face. Like, mm, oh, God. Nah, I hope not. <laughs> well, that is pretty cool that you guys uh, just picked him up for Liquid. What can, uh, did, did he say? Because uh, he said he was a fan of Liquid first. Uh, that was the first team he supported. Because uh, I know he's really into Smash, and I know he follows Dota. Was it the, was it like old liquid? Like when did, when was he supporting liquid? Uh, yeah, I think old liquid at first, but then he met, uh, he met some of our guys. Oh, right, right, right. So then, uh, yeah, I think it's just been. Yeah. If you meet the liquid guys, then yeah, it's pretty easy to become a fan of them. Dude, the homies are homies. You know, like my team, I think is like very. Very easy going. Also, um, you know how I just scroll through shit? I was going through Asus Twitter, and then uh, I looked at my Twitter real fast, and I see the show Dexter is back. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you watch that show ever? Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I finished it, but... There's so many shows like that where I like start, and I'm just like... Uh... Eh, that's an American TV thing, I think. And like so many shows just go on too long. Like yeah. every like, there's so many great uh, shows that have been, but there's always like at least a season. That's kind of shit. Yeah, you know how I met your mother. I felt like I was watching the same show every single time, so I gave oh, up on yeah. that show. Yeah, I got through like five <laughs> seasons, and I was like, I've learned nothing new about any of these characters. <laughs> it felt it felt like the it was like deja vu when like the end of the season they make some sort of reference of like oh don't forget this is how I met your mother kids uh, yeah and this is gonna be maybe that moment next season they just did that like four different times yeah super <laughs> like, trash <maybe> out uh, <laughs> but yeah aside from that we signed Asa and that's pretty much been that's all I did really. Aside from playing in these like random ass tournaments, we did the Ace of shit, and then we just kind of vibed. Well, what about I guess you? I, my, I mean, my my life wasn't that much different. You were working Omega League. I was working Omega League. It's just I had to go to Kiev for that. But 
I had some I had some weird experiences uh, in Kiev that were uh, I had like I, I had like a time where I had to. Uh, do you remember uh, uh, Valerie, the talent manager? No. Okay. Um, well, I had to uh, at some point in time have her uh, call the cops because I thought uh, there was like some domestic abuse going on. What the neighbors fuck? above me. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty wild. Yeah, that was a that was a weird time. Uh, what else happened? I mean, Omega League was just super fun. We, because uh, I mean, if you just think about everybody that's working, that you got Slacks, Rich, Lacoste, Tsunami. There's like just a bunch of memers and <laughs> uh, a bunch of good friends. So that was Omega League was very very fun. That was a great event, and I got to make a whole lot of money because that was a lot of days of work. So it was a win, win, win. And then I came home and I've uh, been doing nothing ever since. Yeah. Dude, you see that uh, everyone complains about Dota dying. Fucking everyone's like complaining about CSGO dying. Oh, yeah. Tarek uh, made that tweet. NACS is uh, officially dead. It's pretty funny, <laughs> actually. Uh, okay, so you follow CS closer than I do. Is is uh, NACS has got to be in a better position than NA Dota, right? Um, yeah, but I don't know if it's actually that much better. Mm. I think a lot of these like shit tier pros are going to uh, are going to Valorant actually. Yeah, it's a mass exodus. I mean, to, every, it's a, it's a cash kind of grab. Getting, That's what it is. It's like yeah. an opportunity to revitalize your career and get some money. I mean, NA is just getting bopped in everything. We got bopped in LCS. We got bopped in CS. We got bopped in Dota. Like, and he's just getting like kind of crushed everywhere. Yeah, it's a it's a rough time if you're an NA esports fan, and if you're an NA esports organization, uh, it's not much better since. You know, your your popularity of your team or your uh, your tournament, if you're on NA hours and stuff, it's like there's just less and less people getting invested. So we so people have been talking about like Dota's dying left and right. And a lot of people have had things to say. Kyle obviously put out his uh, his whole rigmarole, which uh, I I mostly agreed with. Um, There were some things that I definitely disagreed with, but. Sure. Overall, I thought it was it was a good post. What what's your take on it being retired talent and now being on like the team side of things? I think that there's definitely stuff that Valve could have done. Uh, I think from a t- talent or so Valve's like less as fair way of doing things is good, but at the same time, I think from a team perspective, ideally you do want something. Um, so like we don't really speak about it in Dota too much, but the franchising system, as much as it is like a barrier to entry, it's kept League of Legends as like a really like financially stable esport alive. Mm-hmm. So yes, in some ways it's like a barrier to new talent for sure. It is like there's a give and a take, right? Like their health of their scene is very good because there is like a guaranteed amount of money in it at all times. Like you have a very flat good income. I, I hear you make like three four hundred k a year just from salary alone, meaning that like your results aren't the end all be all. And it also means like you're more reliant on an organization. Um, yeah. So I think, I think in like some ways the franchising system, like I am starting to see a bit of the positives now that I'm like 
behind the scenes. I mean, obviously, I'd love to be able to be like, everything Valve does is the best, Dota is the best, League sucks, yada, yada, yada. But like, you know, uh, obviously, franchising does have some of its benefits. And like this like open structure of that um, Valve has kind of like been okay with. Like, I'm sure Valve looks at the success of like OG and Secret and has been like, see, this is exactly what we wanted for you guys. And for sure, it's good. Um, but then it's kind of sad that like the second best NA team, uh, which is what, uh, Quincy crew or something, they can't Quincy even crew. sniff yeah. a sponsor. Yeah. Four zoomers, no sponsor there either. Crazy yeah. drop theirs. Although crazy also drops. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's not like the board. they're just, yeah, but it's kind of insane that our literal like second best stable team that has won like everything in NA can't find a sponsor. Uh, I haven't talked to Jack or MSS or anything, but if I had to guess, and this is just a guess, so you know they can, who if they end up listening to this or this gets posted to Reddit, they can like flame me or something, um, or they can just come talk to me like human beings. But I would guess that <laughs> what would love what talking to people? It, would you have a problem with somebody rather than putting out passive aggressive tweets? Are you saying that's a that's a normal? human social interaction that's the way things should go blitz i'm uh, not not in my esports yes absolutely but if to my knowledge i would imagine that they would love a sponsor for any amount of money at this point because it's just money right like without ti being in the loop for another year you're missing like another year's salary you're probably missing like i don't know like 60k minimum something which is probably better than the price pools that na is like providing you anyways the problem i think the biggest problem i think with ti is like everyone not got fooled into but everyone was like well why the fuck do we need an org you know like having an org is completely pointless uh but i would bet outside of like maybe three teams in the west maybe even two uh my players have made more money than pretty much everybody just from like the salary that liquid provides us in fact, based on the knowledge that I have, I'm pretty I can say that with like maybe outside of one team with like almost absolute certainty. And it's when, not like our results have been like the most stellar thing in the world, right? Yeah. But COVID is especially shown and like especially exacerbated like how important orgs can be. You know how nice it's been to not have to worry about my sponsor or like anything else like not yeah. having to worry about like is this tournament going to be enough if i do poorly in this tournament like how does my financial situation look will i be able to pay rent on time because like some tournaments <clears throat> mdl haven't paid for like the entire <laughs> year or something but that's insane right like we got top six at that major how long has it been now it's been almost a year i have to yeah. imagine since we played that major i i haven't seen a dollar of that prize money think about it like this imagine you're some like I'm sure there are some teams that have been affected by this. Imagine like most of your money is tied up in whatever, maybe you're investing or something and you need like, this is an unrealistic situation, but let's say like you're all in on Dota, you get like top four at an MDL, right? Top six, top eight, whatever. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, gr- great. This like price pool money will set me up for at least a little bit longer. Nope, you're not getting paid for a year. <laughs> but I don't have to worry about that because mm-hmm. I have a guaranteed salary that is paid for me that is like very healthy i never have to worry about any of that i've never once had to worry about money um liquid has always like said we're going to support you guys through covid no problems you know in fact like they got us all gifts during covid 
like pretty expensive stuff like it's been pretty vibes and so when you're like okay yeah the ti price pool is cool but so is making like a consistent six figures no matter what that's even cooler Mm -hmm. on top of the price pool you know you can have your cake and eat it too so one of the things is that like I, I like that you said that Valve Valve definitely tried to set up Dota's esports scene to be very very uh, empowering to players, and mm-hmm. we saw that with like basically with TI at a certain point in time, like uh, people like these players were able to just be like, oh, I don't necessarily need a teamwork if they're going to take a percentage of my TI cut, like I can just go without. Uh, yeah. So they nego- they, like there was very often I heard negotiations where like a a a uh, a, a team owner would not take like hardly any percentage of yeah. TI. It would be like very very low because that's the only way anybody would possibly sign with them. Just because the possibility of taking potentially hundreds of thousands away from the players, you know, players were were very skittish about that. Um, and as a result, we got these player owned organizations and stuff, but. Uh, I, I feel like these player player owned orgs have been like maybe they've been good for the players. I don't know. I don't know what like salary and what sponsorship deals and stuff like that they have. But I personally have not seen them be like super good for Dota as a whole because I feel like there's just a lack of any sort of content um, or anything like I like despite the fact that it's it's secret. And it's Nigma, and we have these players that are like are iconic at this point in time from all the accolades that they've held, from the stories that we've gotten them from like True Sight and stuff like that. Like I, I feel like I don't really see them, uh, especially if they don't show up on like a webcam or a post game interview. Like I, I don't really get to to like know them past because there's no true site because there's no TI this year, you know? So like, I, yeah. I feel like um, there's no obligations for them to be able to like, I don't want to say like give back to the community, but like generate something, some sort of content to be consumed for the community because they're self-sufficient off of TI winnings, yeah. you know? And, and like weirdly then being that independent means they can say, well, screw you, I'm not going to work. You know, I'm not going to play in that tournament or I'm not going to create like, you know, I'm not going to stream ever. or I'm not going to like be a part of any like, you know, videos or anything like that. Like I, I've heard players have like very high demands, basically, as a result of the ecosystem that's been set up. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw some tweet PPD said he was like, Valve gave us the tools. We just fucked up. Like Valve mm. gave players like the tools to like succeed. We just fucked up. Sorry, PPD, if I like paraphrase your tweet wrong. Uh, I might have been imagining it or dreamed it, but I'm pretty No, sure. no, no. He, he tweeted something like that for sure. Yeah. So then I agreed with that in the sense that, like, you can create these orgs, and I'm sure they are successes, but at the same time, like, if you want what's best for the scene, what's truly best for the scene, you still want to, like, promote stuff and, like, put out content and stuff like that. Maybe you don't even need necessarily, like, a Liquid or a VP or something like a TSM or something. But the reason why, like, these orgs are nice is because they contractually force you to do a certain amount of things. You know, we have contractual obligations with Liquid to do these things, turn on our webcams, stream a certain amount of hours. They'll put out content around us to promote us. You know, like they'll handle all of these things with outside, without like us having to like think about it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, something there is something really interesting, like our Valorant team said, they're like, well, 
we want to stream because it'll help grow the game. And if your game grows, then obviously there's more in it for you. And I thought that was a really mature way of looking at it. These guys are like 19 and 20, but they want what's best for Valorant. And so they're trying to stream outside of their contractual obligations. And I thought that was really cool because it's like they're thinking about it from a long-term perspective, not just, okay, I need to get, I need to mine every single dollar that I can for myself. You're thinking about like the overall health of the stream. Maybe it's not like the most fun to stream all the time, but you're putting out content for like viewers to consume so that they become more involved in stuff rather than just purely the competitive aspect. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, you know, like I'm not on the player side of things, so you know there is a bit of a disconnect. But I, I don't feel that kind of um, community so much. Like, like for example, like I've said this before on on podcasts so i'll say it again here but like i i know uh i've heard of teams negotiating with tournaments to push prize pools even higher like ti basically inflated a bunch of of prize pools but i i have heard teams being like i won't go to your tournament unless you have a x number you know, it's six digits and it's an insane amount of money. And like, I just won't appear. And the thing is, is that I know tournament organizers are held hostage by which teams actually go to their tournament because nobody watches if it's not the top like six teams. If you don't yeah. have Secret or Nigma, like your tournament is not really considered tier one. Yeah. Uh, and if viewership numbers are, are going to show that as well. So inevitably they have to, increase their prize pool to to actually get those those teams in and then that that money has to come from somewhere you know mm-hmm. and I, I like i know like i've had this conversation with tournament organizers because when it comes to increasing my own rates you know and being like hey like i'm upping my rates because inflation and stuff like and i get a lot of pushback because they're like we're already having so many issues just trying to keep dota tournaments like okay <laughs> we're not making we're like i've been told like i ne- never know whether or not to believe this but like i'm told like oh dota events just don't make us money you know mm-hmm. and like i treat that with you know like okay you know i don't know how much to believe about that but i've heard it so many times that it gets so much pushback that they're like we're already in the red we can't afford to pay you you know like your your new rate or something like that no i don't like that argument So what do you think about, uh, I I agree, but what do you think, (laughs) what do you think about the the whole idea of teams like pushing for tournaments to have even larger prize pools? Because the teams do hold so much power, specifically the players. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how to feel about that. I'm kind of biased because obviously big prize pools are beneficial for me. So it's like hard to have objective perspectives. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It's also, I think part of it is like the community doesn't care so much anymore about these like 20k prize pools and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. part of like Dota's appeal is just like you swing around your 40 million dollars. Like what's, what's $20,000 anymore? You know, it's it's like hard (laughs) to like wake up in the same way and like get excited about these things when at the end of the day, you have this like, you know, every time our team does well at a tournament or poorly, it's just like, well, it's all for TI anyways. That's literally like our mantra for yeah. every team I've ever worked on. It's like, then you just live or die by that one tournament. You know, it's like, Secret can win every tournament this year, and then they can get 8th at TI, and we can get like 3rd and we'll outdo them. So what does it matter? And I, I know you said you were, you were 
like in the past, you've always said you're a fan of the TI and the way it says that like you you liked how it's a life changing amount of money for yeah. the people who managed to succeed, right? Yeah, for sure. It's cool as hell. And so do you feel still that way like um, now? Because we haven't had that conversation in a few years, I'd say. I don't know. I'm super conflicted. On one hand, like I think that I'm not sure. In some ways, I feel like Dota, and maybe this is just like defeatist in me. It's like I love Dota to death. You know, I I only do things that I like personally enjoy, and I I love Dota, and I think it's a great game. But I think that like, do I think, for example, if we diverted some of the money from TI and like created these leagues and stuff, do I think all of this like interest and stuff would flood back to Dota? No, I do not. No, I think that's like, I actually really strongly dislike do i think it would help the scene absolutely but you're still thinking about a game that's 10 years old as an esport which is like ancient that has an incredibly high barrier to entry that let's say like everybody loved or let's say like valve did everything right they marketed the game they created like tutorials ads and stuff like that what do i think the percentage of increase in terms of like how much people enjoy the game would be I don't actually think it would be that much. Maybe you would retain a few more people, but I think that MOBAs, like you're just going to run into the situation of whatever the next hot new game is. You know, I go to, I go, I did this thing called Read Across America with my sister, where this was like six months. No, it was longer than that. This was like nine months ago. You go to elementary school and you read to kids. Did I tell you about this? Yeah. Yeah. So I go do this thing and my sister tells them that I'm in gaming to these like seven-year-olds and they're super excited you know because a they're meeting an adult and b like you know they're they think i'm in gaming which for them must be like i'm a fucking superhero and they all ask me if i know ninja you know like they're (laughs) in a Fortnite. is anything about dota they're not asking me if i know dendy what is what is like what is valve's marketing going to change about that Fortnite is an easy to understand game that takes like no like i can watch Fortnite and understand what's happening it's like it it's not not I'm not trying to insult Fortnite. I'm just saying like the game is like I'm sure some Fortnite pro will say like oh there's so much nuance to the game. There is. I'm sure there is like the building aspect of it and like how you play. I play PUBG. I have a rough understanding, but like it's easy to watch from a spectator point of view. You know, like it's easy to follow. Most shooters are. And so, you know, like we're running into the period of like flavor of the month game. There's like Apex Legends and then there's Fortnite and then there's uh fall guys and then there's among us you know there's just so many games being published and people are seeing like how important games are and like what an untapped market it is and stuff like that and so you'll just see more and more like you know and then whatever streamers end up playing streamers are not clamoring to play dota for their audience (laughs) no you know like it's just not an intuitively easy game to like follow whereas like if i go see xqc play among us or fall guys i'll understand it without having played i've never played among us but i look at the concept i see him play it twice i understand it like perfectly you know maybe like i won't play it as well but like i understand the game you could i could watch i could make somebody watch dota 100 times and they wouldn't understand it any better you know it's like do i so do i think like there's some magic i i see a lot of people parrot this idea that if valve just changed one or two of these things and you made like Nahas or like Kyle, the commissioner of Dota, everything would be fixed. No, <laughs> I don't think it's that easy. 
we're talking about a dying game in a very likely dying genre. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just like we talk about problems to fix. It's it's about prolonging the life of Dota by maybe another year than yeah. it than it would naturally. Like it, this is there's nothing that really can be yeah. changed about the fact that that is what time does. Yes, I think the fact that Dota has lasted for ten years is like maybe people will make the argument that it was despite Valve, but I would still say that like the game is really well made, but um. And Dota will always, in my opinion, have like some form of strength. Like maybe the prize pools would go down to twenty million organically. Maybe it'd go down to even ten, but that's still a really good living for the majority of people. If anything, I think if the prize pools went down, people would find it more accessible because a lot more of the older pros that had won a lot would quit, and maybe people would feel like now's my chance, and you'd see like more things come into play. In my oh opinion, yeah. Anyways, I I already have a plan to uh to make a run for like TI twenty five. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> certain that's when finally like seven K is like god tier, you know. Yeah. And but I'm imagine like, I'll be the best ever. But imagine a world in which like Puppy and Crow and them are like, you know what? I've won enough. I've been playing for twenty five years. This is it. Then like you will see a lot of people say like, oh shit, like now's our chance. And then. <laughs> Maybe some of those guys will be more amenable to doing sponsor stuff, to being a part of like these things. Because like a crow or a puppy knows they're gonna win. Like or they think they have at least better than a five percent shot at winning TI. So why would they invest in the content angle when you know it is about just winning? I mean, realistically, like Dota is just we're we're in it for the competition for sure. And like winning TI is cool and all, but like everyone's kind of in it for the money, right? I saw Gork put out something. He was like, he was making fun of ESL for like monetizing things. And I'm like, okay, Gork, I like you, but let's be clear here. You're not some like, you're not some charity. You know, you, you do shit for subs and stuff too and donations. Like everyone's kind of in it for at least some money. <laughs> if Dota had <laughs> Gork, no Gork's way... reaction to this whole thing has not been terribly good my goodness like i i don't follow any of the streaming like i don't watch admiral yeah. like i don't don't watch corp so i have really have no opinion on them i just see what clips show up on reddit you know yeah. <laughs> and like of late the ones that I, that i've seen of corp do not shine a very good light on him yes yeah, it's, it's weird it's like the first time when the rules were in favor of him he's like well the rules are the rules so you guys can go fuck yourself and then they <laughs> change the rules and he's like wait a second i don't like these rules like you can't I don't know. When it benefited you, I don't know. I don't want to get into it with Gork fans. I sure, like the sure. guy. I think he actually has a... My players get along with him. I have no issues with him. Like I've hung out with him like twice. But I didn't like the assertion that like doing it for money is like this like terrible thing. Like, Of course ESL, a fucking corporation, is in it for money. You think they give a shit about the health of Dota? I'm sure they do it to a certain extent in terms of like how it helps their capitalist gains. But is that supposed to be some secret that he unmasked? This is like the eighth season of X Files, and they just unmasked ESL. Like, uh, we figured out your grand ploy. Like, you're trying to make a living. Listen, William, the truth is out there. Okay. Yeah, like these fuckers are still doing StarCraft events. I'm sure they care about esports to a certain extent. All right. Well, Dota's dying. That's that's what we're gonna end it on. I mean, it'll have like what? Let me just look at the player base right now. Let's look at the Steam stats real quick. Dota had 
571,000 peak players today. That's fine. The What's game will be only like, half a million of players. Yes. But like, I think even at like <laughs> Among Us, for example, which is like the m- most popular game ever, has like 310,000. Rocket League that just went free to play has 120, and it's a healthy esport. You know, Rainbow Six Siege, which is a very healthy esport scene, has like 93,000. No matter what, we'll be okay. Yeah. Like, we'll be okay at 200K. The game will still be, maybe we won't be like, we can't circle jerk ourselves over top three esport, but it is what it is. And maybe I just sound super defeatist and everyone's like, here's the magic fix for how Valve fixes everything. But I don't know. No, I think I, I, I totally agree with you. I think people have to become be a lot more comfortable with the fact that we are going through the stages that StarCraft already went through. Yeah. And there's a there's a path laid out in front of us and that's okay. Yeah. We're gonna be in an aging game and uh we're gonna have less new players and stuff like that, but we'll still have an esports scene. Yeah. Do I think Dota can live for another eight years comfortably? Absolutely. Do I think we'll be a top three esport? No. Do I think we'll be top ten? Absolutely. Like we'll probably still be like fifth. You know, I could see like League, uh Counter Strike or Valorant. And then maybe like one more game surpass us. But we'll yeah. still kind of be there because we'll fill a niche. And TI is still really fun. TI is still like for most people in esports considered like the premier event. It's very cool. That's but, a happier way to end it. Yeah. Dota's Dota isn't dying. It's it's going into its golden retirement years. Alright, you want me to end it on a happy note? Yeah. Um so when I was at that thing, I don't know if I told you, but uh, when I was at that, uh, when I was meeting with those kids and reading to them and stuff, they were the sweetest kids I'd ever met. They were very respectful. They took their time. They never interrupted me. They never interrupted each other. I thought that was very cute. There's one kid that, like, when he was trying to speak, he was very he he was very soft spoken compared to the rest, and he couldn't look me in the eye, and it was adorable, you know. And they mm-hmm. all were still quiet for him. So that he could, you know, and he just told me some story about how he just recently, like, saw a Batman cartoon. I don't know why. Like, they just all wanted to tell me about their day. I was like, all right, that's adorable. And then one kid raises his hand. I'm like, okay, what's up? And then he's like, you look like Brandon. And I was like, who's Brandon? And they all look at this kid, and it's an Asian kid with glasses. (laughs) And I could see my old teacher try not to laugh. (laughs) I was like, these kids aren't racist. They don't know shit. (laughs) But those kids were honestly amazing. I thought they were like very, very sweet kids, even though they liked Fortnite. That is cute. It's a great story. Also, I was thinking about this the other day. If I wanted to like... Alright, I I started to realize what gets good tweets. Like what, what people consider good tweets. I bet just like as an experiment, if I just like... I think I told Pop-Tart one time to like tweet this just to see how it would go as a tweet or something let me just find it he was like watching my you know my stormster tv thing and it was like it's such a stupid tweet but i know if i tweet it with the amount of followers i had like okay look at this pop tart on average gets like four likes per one of his tweets sometimes Mm -hmm. one sometimes none okay he got 43 favorites for this tweet let me just throw it out there let me just find it real fast I lost it. Okay, League seems like such a basic game. Love that I got into Dota. Hashtag Dota for life. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I could just make it's a, a real like turkey that. jerky. Yeah, it's That's just what so you're saying. stupid. You're just... 
<laughs> if I ever wanted to be like, you know, those Reddit like karma bot farms for like, and then you sell those accounts to like corporations, here's what you do you go on R Dota 2 and you make some like circle jerk thread about like League player here, by the way. I've been playing League for like three years, been playing like nilly mid, and I just learned to play Dota and it's so cool. All of these replay functions and this prize pool, it's amazing. Why did I ever play League? 10,000 upvotes right there. The easy. 10,000 upvotes within like seconds. Well, I... well uh, uh, when we're done with this, I'm going to get off and structure my tweets for the next six months. Just the, I'm not just even kidding. Occasional I Contract love literally got 43 times the amount of engagement <laughs> that he normally does in his tweets. Cool. Thanks for watching or thanks for listening. There's no watching. There's only listening. We'll do it again. Eat. At this point, I'm just gonna just gonna get you like once a month. It's gonna be a liquid checkup. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what this podcast is gonna turn into. I thought this was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I think so too.